This is the Survive the 9 to 5 podcast. Today we're talking about mini retirements, and this is episode 5. This is the podcast dedicated to tactics, tips, and strategies that can help you survive and be happier on your crazy corporate journey. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Doug. Welcome. What are we talking about today, Doug? Today it's mini retirement, and this is a concept. It's out of the 4-Hour work week, the book by Tim Ferriss. If you haven't checked out that book, it's really good. It sounds like a really scammy title, four-hour work week, but really it's about being efficient and effective and thinking about what you're working on and why. And we're going to kick it off, Elizabeth is going to kick this off with a fable that was listed in the four-hour work week, so it sort of sets the stage for us. Okay, here we go. This is on page 252. It's entitled Fables and Fortune Hunters. An American businessman took a vacation to a small coastal Mexican village on doctor's orders. Unable to sleep after an urgent phone call from the office the first morning, he walked out to the pier to clear his head. A small boat with just one fisherman had docked, and inside the boat were several large yellowfin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish. How long did it take you to catch them? the American asked. Only a little while, the Mexican replied in surprisingly good English. Why don't you stay out longer and catch more fish? The American then asked. I have enough to support my family and give a few to friends, the Mexican said as he unloaded them into a basket. But what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican looked up and smiled. I sleep late, fish a little, play with my children, take a siesta with my wife, Julia, and stroll into the village each evening, where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life, senor. The American laughed and stood tall. Sir, I'm a Harvard MBA and can help you. You should spend more time fishing, and with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat. In no time, you could buy several boats with the increased haul. Eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats, he continued. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, you would sell directly to the consumers, eventually opening your own cannery. You would control the product, processing, and distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village, of course, and move to Mexico City, then to Los Angeles, and eventually New York City, where you could run your expanding enterprise with proper management. The Mexican fisherman asked, But, senor, how long will this all take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years, 25 tops. But what then, senor? The American laughed and said, that's the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very rich. You would make millions. Millions, senor, then what? Then you would retire and move to a small coastal fishing village where you would sleep late, fish a little, play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, and stroll to the village in the evenings where you would sip wine and play your guitar with your amigos. Have you thought about doing audiobooks? No. (laughs) Originally, I was going to read that, but it turns out I can't read out loud very well. It's a great story. I remember the first time I heard it on a podcast, I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I wasn't nearly ambitious enough to even pull off this, uh, you know, big fishing company situation that was mentioned in the story. So I was just sort of 
like floundering a bit to stick with the fish analogy here. And I was just working kind of hard and didn't really enjoy it. And I was like, man, you can do this stuff that you enjoy. You don't have to like wait until you retire. Yeah, I think we tend to see, or at least I tend to see retirement as the end game. It's the goal maybe that I'm working towards, but sadly with friends and family, I've seen many people get to within one year of retirement or retire, then they get cancer, um, they have a heart attack, they have a stroke, and they've been working for 30, 35 years, been looking forward to that retirement, and then it never happens. Right. (laughs) That's it. That's the podcast. (laughs) Hope you had fun. (laughs) And when you go through your career... Let's say you're you're very driven and you're you're working very hard and then you retire. Let's assume everything goes great and then you retire. You're probably really used to working really hard, having people around you and working on something. So to go from very hard work, you're, you know, on 10 all the time to dialing it back to like a retirement where maybe you imagine you're going to be lounging around and not doing anything. Some people just don't function that well, especially when you've worked uh, your whole life for many, many years in a row. It's really hard to turn that off. So the, you know, one of the other things is you think you're going to enjoy traveling, for example, but maybe you just like to, you know, stay home and watch TV, watch you know, sports, and you don't really want to get out and do much other stuff, which is totally fine. But there's no reason to assume that you're going to love, you know, travel or whatever sort of uh, outcome you imagined in your mind. So I read the fable, I get the point. But what does mini retirement mean? As defined in the book, I believe it is taking one to six months, at least every, you know, couple years to take a break and do something that you imagine that you would want to do when you're retired. I think one of the benefits from doing that is you actually get to test whether you would like that or not. I have some friends and they thought that they wanted to retire to a mountain house. So they started to buy land, build the house and invested a tremendous amount of money and time. And it turned out they actually, they moved there early and they didn't retire. They were able to work, but the point is they invested a whole lot of money and a whole lot of time and they didn't like it. So they ended up in a sort of a bad situation, having to sell that home, move somewhere else. And they took a huge loss monetarily. Forget about the amount of time, right? That was already gone as well. In hindsight, it would have been really great for them to test the theory. They could have you know, lease the house for six months or a year, see if they like the area, see if they like the lifestyle. And, you know, it's not a direct uh, analogy here, but basically they could have tested something before they went all in and spent a crazy amount of money. I like the idea of taking one to six months off periodically, but I think it's a trade-off between maybe security and, and that concept. And I guess what I mean is, if that is something that I was going to do, I think I'd have to quit jobs. I, I've never worked for an employer. I don't think that I could say, hey, by the way, I'm going to take a mini retirement and go 
you know, fish all summer or hike the AT or whatever it is I'd want to do, they'd say, well, we pay you and you can't take three months off. So I think I'd be in a situation then where I'd have to quit and then find another job. And I don't think I would enjoy the mini retirement because I'd be so stressed out about where am I going to find my next job? Yes. And we can go into that a little bit. I think a lot of companies may have kind of an option available with a leave of absence. Now, you're probably going to interrupt the trajectory of your career and all the things that go along with that. However, a lot of companies do have that sort of concept of a leave of absence. A few companies offer a sabbatical. So every few years, you may be able to take a month or two off. Obviously, it depends on the company. But taking that kind of a break is really important. And some more sophisticated companies realize that and they they put that mechanism in there for you. So we haven't done a mini retirement by this definition, but we've done a couple interesting things. Elizabeth and I both worked remotely for a few years and we realized that we could travel a little bit and still work. Now it started slow, you know, maybe we went on vacation for a week and then we knew we needed to do one or two days of work and we would work remotely in that fashion. Slowly we extended it out so that we were doing, you know, what I call slow travel. I'm not sure where I stole the term from, but instead of, you know, binge traveling for, you know, a week or two trying to do as much as we could, we would rent a house or rent a condo for a month or more. And we were able to experience the city like the locals would. We could take a a relaxed traveling pace, which suits me much better than, you know, having to go to different hotels and fly around more and just travel, rush, rush, rush. We were able to like go slowly and really enjoy it. So do you know anyone else that's done that, Elizabeth? I don't think I do know anyone that's done slow travel like we did. One reason we were attracted to the slow travel idea is because we had an elderly dog that we loved very much. And if you're going to drive cross country to Texas, for instance, it makes sense to stay there for a month versus a week. And then we could put him in the car and, and bring him with us. And that made, that made us happy. We'll link up his Instagram in the show notes. Brody, the Border Collie. While we haven't done them you know, the true mini retirement, the slow travel is really awesome. Now, we were extremely lucky in the jobs that we had so that we had flexibility to travel around a bit. And currently, like I know a lot of people that are able to do this slow travel and they're they're affiliate marketers. And that's what I do now, affiliate marketing. And I'm an online course creator. I'll talk more about that in a future episode coming up. But I have a lot of freedom. I mean, it's basically my own company. The only sort of, you know, constraints that I have are created by myself. So, you know, if I need to, say, work on the sump pump in the crawl space because it's flooding, I could take a couple days off and deal with that. That is a true story. I I needed to take care of our sump pump recently because of flooding. So (laughs) (laughs) the point is to have like a flexible work schedule is really great. And for me... It's like made all the difference. And I know extremely lucky to have, you know, both the the remote working job where, again, I had lots of freedom to, you know, maybe take a break during the day to walk the dog or, you know, now where I have even more freedom. But I think 
even though we haven't done the pure mini retirement, we've been able to get a taste of what we think we would want to do when we retire. So some jobs are sort of set up, or at least you can pursue jobs that may allow you to do this. I didn't realize it at the time, but I had some friends that did IT contracting and they had very specific skills and they were well paid. They were able to work for six months or nine months and basically earn, you know, one to two years worth of salary. And they would live fairly lean, but they were well paid. And when the contract ended, they would take a trip. Maybe they would go skiing or go to the beach or potentially even smarter, right? They would go somewhere a little bit cheaper to live. I have a lot of friends that, you know, they would relocate to Southeast Asia where it's a lot cheaper. The dollar goes farther there and they could extend it, you know, for a year or so. They could take like a year off and they could come back, get another contract, do a lot of work and then take another long break. So that's sort of like the purest that I've seen this done in a, you know, regular cyclical fashion. I also heard of of some people who did that. They'd work six months on, six months off. And and again, it was an IT contract situation. Another idea of the mini retirement, which I didn't do, which I think is a good idea. It's not really say a retirement when you haven't started working yet, but the gap year in between maybe um, high school and college. I think it's more common in some other some other countries, but to have that year to sort of live, travel around, do whatever you want to do, live on a budget, not have much money, maybe work a minimum wage job, and then to figure out what you want to do from there. I think that's a great idea. And I wish I had done a gap year. I think I think if I had known more when I was 18, 19, 20, I'm not sure my my path and my choices would have been the same if I had taken the time to to step back and really analyze it, but I didn't. And it's not too late to take a gap year. A friend of mine who also has a podcast, uh, Ravi Raman, uh, we'll link up to his show and his website. He took a gap year after working about 13 years, uh, 14 years at Microsoft. So very accomplished person, super smart and he and his wife took a break for, I think, one to two years while you know they tried to figure out what they wanted to do. So it's never too late to take that gap year. And I think if you take a gap year, say, between jobs, maybe you don't have a new job lined up, but maybe you're literally, you know, you quit a job because you had enough or you feel like you do need to take a break. I think you could take advantage of, you know, being older and wiser in your 30s versus, you know, when you're 18, 19, because I I didn't take a gap year either. I was in college for a pretty long time. So Doug, for those of you who just joined us, we we are married, by the way. And so sometimes I like to get answers on tape for the record. (laughs) If you were to take a mini retirement, which you're not really, I know you have your own business, but you work very hard. If you were to take a mini retirement, what would you do? This is not, this, I don't know the answer to this. This is a legitimate question. I'm thinking about this. When the edit comes through, you won't know that I waited for like five minutes before <laughs> I answered. I think it would be interesting to rent a cabin in the woods and hang out there for a couple months to sort of clear my mind. I was able to decompress from my corporate job when I got laid off in 2015. 
but it took about two months. When I think about that, it took me two months to decompress and stop having dreams or thinking about, you know, checking those emails or the normal things that I was working on for eight years. I think it would take a couple months to decompress again. So I think being out in the woods and nature, I enjoy that sort of stuff. Being in the mountains, that would be pretty awesome. I think that would be a good thing to do with you, of course. I was just about to say, do I do I get to come with you? Just me and Georgie just <laughs> hanging out in the woods. So, and I think I would probably I would probably read a lot and I would probably write a lot. I'm not sure I'm not sure what else, but I, I enjoy I enjoy the the quietness away from a larger city. We recently went on a vacation. We spent some time in like New Newport, Oregon, which was a small beach town, pretty quiet. I enjoyed that. But then we spent the other part of the trip in Portland, Oregon, a big city. We were right downtown and it was frankly overwhelming even though I've lived several years in a big city around that size and I just I was I was full of uh, all the antics of a city pretty quick. So, and by the way, we have a YouTube video. So if you're interested in checking out the vlog on that trip, we'll put a link in the show notes as well. If you took a mini retirement, what would you do? Oh gosh, I should have expected that question to come back at me. I have no idea. That's the problem. When I got laid off from my, from my job, it was about four months until I found employment. So you could call that a mini retirement, except I was so stressed out the whole time. I don't think I enjoyed it. And I remember thinking, you should be enjoying this. And I didn't. But that was my that was my winter of ice fishing. So that was neat. I got to experience something, something else, something different that I hadn't done before. I got to freeze my tail off on a on a frozen lake a few times a week. But yeah, no, I don't know what I would do. It makes me very happy to spend time with our dog. It makes me very happy to spend time outside, but I do have a, a healthy fear of wildlife, including bears, so I'm not much of a camper. If that cabin in the woods has solid solid walls, I'd be into that. But that sort of sounds a lot like a lone couple's edition, and <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. So, yeah, I love the idea of, of the mini retirement, but to me, I think it'd be too stressful having to find another job and, you know, every few years taking six months or a year off and then finding another job. I'm not sure I would really enjoy it. But like I said, it's been very impactful to me to see what's happened to several family and friends where they finally got to retirement age and then someone lost their spouse and then all those things they'd been looking forward to doing together never happened. So even if I'm not mini retired, I'm trying to enjoy my life now as it is rather than always looking out to the future and things will be better when things will be better when this happens and and enjoying life now and trying to frame our lives in a way where we do what we want to now and we enjoy every day. I'm not this positive. And to that note, a relative of mine retired in the last year and she went back to work within like two months. She just needed to be in the environment that she was in. She enjoyed the people she worked with and just getting up to do something each day. I think maybe she's working part time, but she really enjoyed 
the aspect of working and being around people and accomplishing something each day. And I think that is that sort of baked in with my like idea of a mini retirement. I would make up projects for myself to do. I'm a bit of a busybody. So if even if I was in a cabin in the woods, I would try to come up with some little projects to do, right? Could you imagine me just sitting idly, relaxing? Doug is never bored. If you have any comments, questions, or just general tips around a mini retirement, please leave a comment on the show notes. This is Elizabeth. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next one. That's Doug. Bye.